Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So we are going to be looking at the prayer life of the Lord Jesus. And our first scripture is going to be Mark chapter 1. Let's go to Mark 1. Um, we will read from verse... Let me see now. Um, I think we'll just take it from a very... Um, let's see. Let's take it from verse 20... No, 32. We read from verse 32 down to verse 38. So can somebody read for us, please? Mark chapter 1 from verse 32 to verse 38. Mark 1 verse 32. Yes. Now, when it was evening, after the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those under the power of demons until the whole town was gathered together about the door. And he cured many who were afflicted with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, but would not allow the demons to talk because they knew him intuitively. And in the morning, long before daylight, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon Peter and those who were with him followed him pursuing him eagerly and hunting hunting him out. And they found him and said to him, Everybody is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us be going on into the neighbouring country towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Hmm. So, I don't know if you noticed, the reason why I took that scripture from verse 32 was I wanted us to see how busy Jesus was. The night, the evening before, the Bible talked about how they brought to him in verse 32, those who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city gathered at the door. Can you imagine? Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons and did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So we saw Jesus Christ's program the day before. But verse 35 now says, in the morning, he rose up early, a long while before daylight, and he went out and departed to his solitary place, and there he prayed. I don't know how you see it, but what is touching my heart very strongly is how Jesus prioritized this issue of prayer. Despite the busy schedule the day before, and I don't know how you see it, but honestly, Jesus was a human being here. And he must have been tired. After laying hands on so many people, after praying for so many people to be healed, after casting out demons, the day before, and at the, you know, all this was happening in the evening. If you look at it in verse 32, it was happening in the evening from six down. 
that was what when all this was happening. And the Bible said in the morning, rising up before the and you see what is challenging me is I sense deeply how Jesus prioritized the matter of prayers. How he made it a priority. Look at it. And the Bible said, when he went to the solitude place, there he prayed. Very definitive. It was not a, he looked as, he didn't didn't have too many things to do there. It was, he made it a priority to pray. And the first lesson for me personally is God. Can you make this a matter of priority always on my heart? The matter of engaging God in prayers. You see, if Jesus, with all his anointing, with all the grace, with all the the, the passion for the kingdom of heaven, with all the spiritual power he had, if Jesus prayed, who am I? Not to pray. With everything on his shoulder. With the purpose of God on his heart burning. Even he's going to the cross. We will study it together. The victory Jesus won for us on the cross started in the place of prayer. In the garden of Gethsemane. So, honestly, I don't know how else to look at it, but I sense deeply God wants us as people who are followers of Jesus because we are learning from his lifestyle. We are learning from how he is, how he carried, how he lived his life. The things he did, we are learning from it so that we can apply it to our own lives as well. So when the Bible says a great while before this, so I'm, I'm seeing that for me to have an effective prayer life, I cannot ignore the matter of praying early in the morning. I cannot ignore it. I cannot say, well, it doesn't matter. For Jesus, it mattered. I cannot say, I'm not saying we can't pray at other times because he prayed at other times as well. But rising up in the morning, Training your body to rise up in the morning to pray is important. I know we are busy, beloved brethren. So was Jesus. You know, but if Jesus made it a priority, let us make it a priority of heart as well. You know, and we are going to be praying, asking God to help us inculcate this habit of praying. Waking up in the morning to pray. It's it's so crucial. Do you remember we talked about, in in one of our studies last year, when we read the story of Elisha? Maybe let's revisit that that encounter. Second Kings. The story of Elisha. There was a time when they came, some, some Syrians came with their army. They came to arrest Elisha because Elisha was um, exposing the secrets of the Syrian king to the king of Israel. Every time they planned 
an ambush against the children of Israel or the armies of Israel, Elisha will expressly tell the king of Israel where the Syrians were planning their camps and planning their traps. Let's look at it. Second Kings chapter 6. Now, the reason why we're looking at it is because we just want to draw a lesson from that. Look, look, look at the Second Kings. So, chapter 6, if we, just to remind us, I'll read it from um, verse 13. Let me, let me, let, no, sorry, I'll read it from verse, from verse 8, just to give us a context again. Now, the king of Syria, 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 8. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servant, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you do not pass this place. For the Syrians are coming there, down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there. Not just once, not twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? <laughs> and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> so he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent, he sent horses. And chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed. And, sorry, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. I will stop there. Sir Peter, you are welcome. We are looking at the prayer life of Jesus, and we are just checking Second um, uh, Kings chapter 6, just to remind us of the scripture we read. Thank so, you. So, do you notice that you know, we started at verse 8. The Bible said the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And we reminded ourselves last year that we are in the place of battle. We are in spiritual battle. Now, we, don't have, we are not going to focus on the, rest, the other parts of the story. I just want to focus on this young servant 
this young man. The Bible said in verse, um, where is it now? Verse 15. This young man woke up in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God arose early, he too woke up early. He woke up early. And the Bible said he went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And if you notice in this story, where was Elisha, please? He was on the mountain. He was on the mountain. And honestly, that signifies a lot to me, for me. You will, you will study the life of Jesus. When Jesus goes out to pray, he too, he will go to the mountain to pray. A solitary place. That indirectly tells me that Elisha was a man of prayer too. He was on the mountain early in the morning. And lo and behold, the servant woke up. And you see, God must help us in the midst of being busy. Let's not be like this servant who just woke up in the morning and went out. No communion with God. No prayer. Of course, he's going to see trouble when you go out. And even when you see the trouble, there will be no answer. That was why when he saw army with guns and arrows and all that stuff, he ran back. He said, man of God, master, what shall we do? And lo and behold, Elisha told him, those do not fear. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Does that sound like a scripture you know in the New Testament? Eh? That statement. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Does it not sound like he that is in me, hallelujah, is greater than he that is in the world? You can see an Old Testament expression with a New Testament reality for those who follow Jesus. But you see, beloved brethren, these things cannot be sensitized in our spirits when we do not pray. And thank God, the Bible said, Elisha prayed, a man of prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Does that not encourage us also? We have friends. We have relations who need to see Jesus, who need to know Jesus. Is it not in the place of prayer we'll be knocking the door of heaven on their behalf and say, Lord, Open their eyes that they may see. It's in the place of prayer, beloved brethren. Let's not be like this man, this young man, who just went out. And we will soon see the example of Jesus. In the midst of his busyness, he prioritized prayer. We are going to see the scripture directly. So, the, the instruction here that I can see is, let's not be in that habit. I know we are busy. And that's why we saw how busy Jesus was in Mark chapter 1. And it's also crucial as well that we will prioritize prayer, make it a priority because we don't know what the enemy is planning always. But it's in the place of prayer when it is time to do something, God sensitizes us. 
we don't, on, you know, I, I, I'm being challenged again and again that prayer, it looks quiet. And we notice this is personal. We are talking about personal individual prayers. Like we see in Jesus for, in most of the time. We don't realize how much power is involved. Most times you don't realize, but honestly, there is so much we can, there's so much spiritual power generated around prayer. All because you are communing with God. You are engaging the heart of God in the place of prayer. You are talking to him wholeheartedly with your heart, asking according to his will. And he too will be communicating with you. What a glorious advantage. What a glorious thing to know that you can be talking to the king of heaven, to the, to the Lord of the universe. Is it not a wonderful privilege that we can engage God in the place of prayer? If we have that advantage, please, let's use it. So let's, let's, let's move on. Let's look at Mark chapter 6. Very quickly. Mark 6, just to see Jesus again. Mark 6, I'm going to look at, um, maybe we should take it from verse. Let me see. Maybe we'll take it from verse 45. Yes. Let's, maybe let's take it from verse 45, Mark 6. So, um, this was just after Jesus had fed 5,000. So you can imagine, Jesus had just had a wonderful meeting of 5,000, more than 5,000 people. And he had fed them, they had eaten. And the Bible said in verse 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he has sent them away, the Bible said, he departed to the mountain to pray. The Bible now said, now when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. That's the disciples. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and he said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And when he went up into the boat to them, the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. So we notice there, that Jesus had just had a wonderful meeting. A lot, of, a lot of people were nourished with bread and fish and we thank God. But you notice that immediately he, he, he finished that meeting and dispersed the disciples, told them to go into the boat and the multitude had left. The next thing the Bible said he did was he went to pray. Do you know 
I was thinking about this. If it's me, eh, and I've just had a retreat meeting. Hmm? And immediately after the retreat meeting, and all the brethren have gone, it was wonderful. People had listened to the word of God and they were blessed. Honestly, in my heart, I'm confessing now, I will not go and pray. Will I not go and relax and say, ha, ah, wonderful, that meeting at least is over. Isn't it? Isn't that what will be the natural thing to do? But look at Jesus. After a meeting, after feeding thousands, what did Jesus do? He spent time to pray. And honestly, you can think about it. What was Jesus praying for? He could have been praying for the meeting. He could have prayed for all the people that attended and said, Lord, as these people go back, let them be nourished in you. Let them know about the kingdom even more. He could have been praying for his next assignment. He could have been praying to engage the Lord even more closely. No wonder when the time for him to go and join the disciples came. What was he doing, please? He was walking on the sea. Do you remember the other account with Peter? The Bible said, when Peter saw him, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come. Tell me to come. <laughs> and Peter said, yes, I'm coming. Jesus told him, come. And Peter came out and started walking on water too. But do you notice what happened in that story? Peter saw the storm, saw the waves, and he started sinking. Prayer helps you focus on God. Peter, when he got out of that boat, he was looking at Jesus. But when you don't pray and you think you can just walk on water, hallelujah, yes, I'm walking on water, you will sink. Why will you sink? Because you need to keep your focus on Jesus to walk on water. What am I saying? Of course, it's not walking on water physically. Situations and circumstances will come our way. But God wants us to walk over those situations and circumstances. But it can only happen when we give ourselves to prayer. When we keep a focus on Jesus. Jesus and Peter took his eyes off Jesus. And he saw the waves. He saw the problems. He saw the hardship around him. And he began to sink. If you focus on problems, it will drown you. We don't have any other option but to keep our eyes, our hearts focused on the master, Jesus. But what touches me here was how Jesus made it a definitive thing for himself. He finished the meeting straight. He departed to the, to the mountain to pray, very decisive. Can we have this kind of decisiveness to go and pray? Can we trust God that we will not be distracted when it comes to the matter to pray, matter of prayer? And, you know, it's very easy for us to organize and say we're organizing a prayer meeting. There is always a corporateness. There's something that happens when we gather like this to pray together. And it is part of being corporate and doing, having fellowship. It's, it's good. Gathering together to pray. The Bible says, where two or three 
ah, there I am in their midst. Do you remember? The Bible also talks about two or three agreeing over a matter. So his corporate prayer is good. But beloved brethren, let us not substitute corporate prayer for individual prayer time with the Lord. Do you see Jesus here? The two occasions we have read, Jesus was alone. He departed to go and pray himself. Can this be a practice for us? Can we make this a, a pattern of our own lives? This is the challenge. Let me, let, let me look at another scripture very quickly. Look at that same, um, no, look this time, Luke chapter 5. Let's look at Luke chapter 5. Luke 5. Still exploring how Jesus prayed. Luke chapter 5, verse um, 15. Let me see. I think I'll take you from verse 15. Yes, let's look at it from verse 15 to 16. So, the Bible said, talking about Jesus, however, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16. So, he withdrew often. He, he, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Do you know? I, I, I don't know. You see, as I was reading this, it struck me the connection between verse 15 and verse 16. Where will the Holy Spirit record for us how busy Jesus Christ was in verse 15? How in people needed his attention. How people needed his, his power. How they needed to hear Jesus. How they needed to be healed by him of their infirmities. And that's good. Multitudes were looking for Jesus. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to be healed of their infirmities. Nothing is wrong with that. But look at Jesus. Verse 16 now started with the, with the word, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I don't know how you brethren are reading it. Do you, do you know what is coming to my heart? What's coming to my heart is, as Jesus became more busy, he prayed more. Do you know Usually, when I am more busy, my prayer life suffers. I don't know if, it, if it's the same with you. I'm just being truthful. When I am more busy, my prayer life suffers. But for Jesus, that was not the case. He often, oh, I don't know. The, do you see verse 16? The Bible started with, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So, the business of life and ministry, as that, 
as it became more busy, there was more prayers. For us, we become more busy, less prayer. It should not be so. When you become more busy, the first thing that goes or you sacrifice out of your time and schedule is prayers. It should not be so. This is, this is challenging me about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit made it clear for us. It's very clear here. He said, so he himself often withdrew. So Jesus was not first of all concerned. It's good to help people. Is it not good? It's good to preach the word of God and deliver them. Is it not good? But Jesus prioritized. He made it a priority to talk to his father first. Which healing is he going to do? Which preaching is he going to do when he has not talked to the master first? Is it not strange that we can go about doing all the things we are doing and we are not talking to God? And God is even asking. He went, he went to talk to that person. Who sent him? He has not talked to me first. But he's talking to everybody else. You know, we've talked about it before here. There will be a problem in a life or in my life. And I complain to everybody first. And heaven is asking. But you've not talked to me about it. How do we talk to you? How do you talk to God about it? It's not in the place of prayer. So we are noticing there how Jesus made made prayer a priority. Far above preaching, healing people. No wonder he was very effective. No wonder. So beloved brethren, can God help us? Can God um, burden our hearts to make sure that we prioritize the matter of prayer? How are we going to survive in these last days? How are you going to get stamina, spiritual stamina, to keep running the race? How? It is in the place of prayer. And I saw how Jesus depended, he depended on prayer for everything he was doing. Look at it. Jesus was going to choose disciples. He was going to choose people who will walk alongside him. Let's look at it. Um, it's in that same look. Look at that six. That's the next, um, next chapter. Look at it. Look six. Let's go to verse 12. Can somebody read it for us, please? Luke 6, from verse 12. Yes? Bethel, can you read it for us? Luke 6, verse 12, down to verse 16. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. 
When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Mm. Can you see Jesus? Jesus wanted, you know, I, I don't see, I don't count it as a coincidence that the two verses, 12, follow starting with the content. There is a strong link between the two. Jesus, he came to pass in those days. He went out to the mountain to pray, as he often did. Remember, we read that scripture eh? previously in the chapter 5. He often went to the mountain to pray. And this time, the Bible said he continued in prayer all night. Do you know, if you compare this passion for prayer, and it happens, I've heard of people, they binge watch a movie or series of movies overnight, starting from 10. They start watching a series. And they do it till 6 a.m. If human beings can do that, why can't we do what Jesus did? It's a challenge. He prayed all night. No wonder Jesus was so effective. Only three years of ministry. You see, ah, God will help us. Just three years. And see the spiritual investment he made in the lives of men. Jesus prioritized prayer. He wanted to choose disciples who will work with him. He wanted to choose the apostles who, will, who he will hand over to. He spent time in the place of prayer before choosing them. And I'm asking God, God, help me. That I do not do your work anyhow without prayer. I will not just do, I will not, I will take time to invest prayer in God's work. It's so important. No wonder Jesus was so effective. And this effectiveness is, let, let, let me share with you something. It's so important. It's still in the Old Testament. Let's go to Exodus. I know you know this story very well. And the reason why we are studying this is to encourage us. And I purposely wanted us to look at Jesus as our model because you will soon see why I said so. Look at Exodus. Still looking at the matter of prayer. Um, Sorry, Exodus 17. We know this story, but I think it's good we revisit it so that we can have um, more insight. So that we can have instructions that will help us learn to invest in prayer. Now, the story we want to read is from verse 8. So Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8. 
and we'll read it down to verse 13. Um, can one of the children volunteer, please? Yes. Exodus 17, 8 to 13. I don't want to call anybody's name, so just volunteer. Yes. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Come, choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses. Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that is Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hair, his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one, the one on one side the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua dis- discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Lovely. And- Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, um, it's so important, this story. Let's look at it. You see, they were going to fight the Amalekites. And Joshua, young, energetic, he had already gathered his army. But look at what is crucial here. The Bible said in verse 11, so it was. In verse 10, Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalekites. And Moses, Aaron, and all went up to the top of the hill. Do you see? I sense the representation of prayer is the matter of going up. No wonder the Bible will say Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. Elisha was on top of a hill. And the Bible said they went up. And so it was in verse 11. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalekites revealed. So you see what was happening there. The dynamics of prayer. As Moses held up the rod of God, as Moses continued to tarry in God's presence, Israelites prevailed. But anytime the prayer, the, the hand was going down, the prayer life was going down, what happens? The enemy had the advantage. Now, look at verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy. Beloved brethren, at times, your heart becomes heavy. You can't pray. At times, you feel down. You are depressed. You can't pray. But look at what they did. And this is an important lesson to all of us. The Bible said, Moses' hands became heavy. So what did they do? They took a stone. 
and put it under him. He sat on it. What does that teach me and you? That heaviness of heart at times may come. But what's the lesson, please? Go and rest on Jesus. Jesus is the stone. The stone the builders rejected has become the chief corner stone. That's our Lord Jesus. That was why I thought it's good we focus on Jesus and his prayer life. Moses' hands were heavy. Let's not deceive ourselves. At times it happens. Your hand becomes heavy. Your heart becomes heavy. You can't pray. Please run to Jesus for support, for help. Do you know if they had done this at the beginning, Moses sitting down and his hands up, will he, will he be tired? It will take the pressure off. So Moses sat on that rock, on that stone. He's only teaching me that I cannot pray effectively without resting my heart on Jesus. I cannot pray with human strength. If you try it, you will just be tired. Rest on Jesus. Make Jesus your anchor, always. Make him your support. And another thing I note there, which is very important, and the Bible said they put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and all supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. Do you see what those brothers, those brethren were doing? They supported Moses' hands. So do you notice that for us to keep having effective prayer lives, we need to pray for one another. Don't focus prayer on yourself alone. Let God burden you about other brethren as well. Let God burden you about his work. Maybe all had a son at the battlefield. He needed to, even if all was tired, eh, he would go and hold Moses' hand very well and say, ah, he must... That hand must not come down, or else my son might be dead. So we notice there, the Bible said they supported Moses' hand. No matter how great anointing Moses had, he too needed prayers. I need prayers. You will read it again and again. Paul will write letters and say, pray for us. We all need it. And what does that mean? We should all keep praying for one another, please. Very important. And look at the end of that story. When they supported him, and his hands were steady. Do you see the secret of consistent, steady prayers? You rely on Jesus, and others are praying for you, and you are praying for them. His hands were steady. And because those hands were steady, the enemy was defeated. The Bible now said, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So where was the actual victory? It was in the place of prayer. 
Beloved brethren, can God help us? Can, can God give us this kind of testimony? That we cannot pray effectively without relying on Jesus. Without looking at him. Without making him our support, our anchor, our rock. Our foundation, we cannot pray effectively. We cannot defeat the wiles of the wicked one without prayer. I'm praying that God will help us. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will grant us entrance so that we can keep praying and make it a consistent lifestyle. I will just share one more scripture and then we we would um, begin to round up. Now, let's look at the transfiguration. What was happening there? So look at Luke. Um, They look nine now. Yes. Um, Yes, look nine. Look at it. Now, this is the first time we see, apart from the other time when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, we notice here, let's read, that Jesus did not go alone to pray. So, the Bible said, in verse 28, it came to pass, so Luke 9 from verse 28, it came to pass about eight days after these things, that he took Peter, John, and James, and went up to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. I will stop there. You see what Jesus was doing there? He took people along with him to pray. He took Peter and John and James. And the Bible said, as he prayed, something was happening. He was being transfigured. Does that not tell us that when we do pray, something is happening to us? Does this not teach us that prayer is not just ordinary? When you truly pour your heart before God, either in petition, either in supplication, either in intercession for people, is something not happening to you? Is something not happening to your heart? Is it a transformation taking place on your heart as well? As he prayed, is the appearance of his face altered. Can God help us too? That we will keep being transformed into the image of Christ as we continue to engage him in the place of prayer. Jesus was transformed here. His physical appearance changed. 
Of course, the lesson for us not now is not about us changing. Nothing will happen to your physical body. You won't suddenly become have a white face. No. It's just that something is happening to your spirit. Something is happening to your nature. Why? Because you are engaging God in the place of prayer. I'm praying that God will help us. That we will stop looking at prayer as ordinary. We will not only pray just because we need something from the Lord. You will pray and intercede for people who are in need. You can see it in the life of Jesus here. As he prayed, there was a transformation taking place. Does this not tell me and you too that we will, as we keep following Jesus and following his example, what happened to him will happen to us. That's the issue here. I'm praying that God will help us. You know, as, yes, this is our first Bible study this year by God's grace. We will start on this note. We will take the matter of prayer serious. We will become more devoted to it because the matters of the kingdom, victory over the enemy, depends on this. We saw it. Look at Jesus. Even our salvation, our salvation, that battle Jesus fought in the Garden of Gethsemane, where did he win it? It was in the place of prayer. When death overcame him, the Bible said he agonized in the place of prayer and that he sweat. He was literally sweating blood. It was in the place of prayer. If Jesus had to do that, and how, how am I thinking I will, I will make it? How? With all the grace of God upon his life, he, he too beseeched heaven in the place of prayer. So, beloved brethren, I'm trusting that God will give us a burden to pray. And that burden will not just be for some months. It will be a continuous thing. Like Moses, Moses sat on that stone and his hands were steady. Can God help us too? That we will have a consistent devotion to prayer. Our prayer life will not suddenly pick up because we need something from God. Even when God answers that prayer for you, you will continue in that spirit. May the Lord help us. May his word become real and may we apply it directly to our lives may we not procrastinate this obedience that from now we will make prayer a priority come and join pastor george's bible study at 8 p.m 